0: Hello, Joe. Hello, Mike. Hello, Robert. Hello, Mike. It's the Ruby on Rails podcast. I'm Jeffrey Grossenbach. October 25th, and Ruby Conference 2006 has just wrapped up. I got to speak with Greg Edwards, who runs a user interface research lab. You'll hear that in a few minutes. I also talked with Mats. It's being translated right now, and you'll f- hear that in a few weeks. If you haven't already, check out peepcode.com I've put up a new screencast about restful application design it's available for 9 bucks got quite a lot of good reviews already if you're looking to learn about the new features of the upcoming Rails 1.2 you want to check that out so it's the Ruby on Rails podcast here at Ruby conference in Denver talking to Greg Edwards of iTools how's it going? Doing alright So intense conference, three days, I felt like I could have left after the first day and my (laughs) mind was full of information, plenty to chew on for a while.
1: It was really great. So what kind of,
0: what were one or two lectures you heard that you appreciated?
1: Uh, Ironically, the thing that first comes to mind is actually all the people. Being able to just grab and start talking with somebody and learn so much from the people it's funny I'm just uh, if I thought about it I'm sure i started coming up with some of uh, the presentations but the first thing is the people and being able to meet people and learn new things from them directly
0: that is awesome and a lot of opportunities to socialize and just hang out in this uh, big atrium <laughs> waterfall in the yep. back I feel like we're out in the nature or something um, well, what does your company do uh,
1: so iTools uh, which is EYE tools so basically we do eye tracking analysis so providing feedback to pretty much anybody who communicates via the web so that means websites uh, emails any type of presentation that you're trying to communicate a value to somebody and you'd like to enable them to more effectively understand what you do
0: and this isn't just where people move their mouse you're actually using hardware that looks at their faces and their eyes and where where that's happening
1: yeah we look at what's happening by measuring the eye movement of what's occurring before somebody decides to click into your site or to leave your site. And you were mentioned
0: briefly that there's the eye moves really fast. What, a uh, half a second or a quarter of a second or something is the longest time that we actually look at one particular point?
1: Uh, typically shorter. So about 90% of your eye movements all day long will be shorter than four-tenths of a second. Wow. So uh, there's a lot of information in that. And the neat thing is, unlike a mouse where you can put down the mouse and then decide to pick it up and click, your eye is continuously gaining information about the world. And the neat thing is that you can understand better how people are processing you know, websites or whatever and use that to improve the communication because you can see what they're actually reading, what they're deciding not to read, and then you can understand by looking at it yourself kind of the experience that they're having. And so it makes it easier to fix and improve uh, communication. <coughs> that's intense and you know this
0: seems very expensive I'm sure it is but it sounds like you're doing some things to make it more affordable to startups or yeah. even smaller companies where they can benefit from
1: this. Yeah we used to charge twenty dollars to $30,000 for a study and now you have to be a company that's actually generating revenue from the web or that your website or email is having a pivotal impact on that but pretty much almost anybody who's making you know, money from the web um, can afford it. Not cheap, but can afford it. And yep. so it's typically like $3,000 for like a homepage. Or if you want to do an A-B comparison between a couple different designs, uh, $5,000. Ballpark.
0: And the value you get from that is something you can't really recreate
1: just in
0: software or yeah, in another...
1: There's no other way to actually get at this. And... You know, everybody else is already able to track clicks. But again, so you have a 1% click-through rate or a 3% click-through rate. Is that because 80% of people are reading and getting the value that you're trying to express and out of them only 2 to 3% are deciding to click? Or is there a phrase that there's a 40% drop-off between the third and the fourth word and your value propositions after that causing it to only be 10% of people actually getting your message out of which about a third of them are actually deciding to collect. So do you have some simple design problem or some wording problem that's blocking a tripling in your revenue? Or do you need to change your offer? Which one?
0: easy. Sometimes it makes it feel like it's just shooting in the dark, trying to change this, change that. People don't even know maybe if that's really the thing that's causing or would it be an yeah. improvement. Oh. Well, how are you using Ruby... With that, I'm sure there are a whole variety
1: of tools that you have to use. To... Yeah, we've got a pretty extensive system, and it initially was all actually, and a lot of it still is in Java. Okay. And about a year ago, discovered uh, Rails actually initially, and spent about two weeks saying, "Well, gosh, it's not going to really work," and just kind of knocking off each thing and saying, "Gosh, it can do that. I can do this. it can do that." And so, um, basically, it's enabled us to move about ten times faster in terms of development and new developments. So we're still predominantly a Java-based backend, but all of the new initiatives, all of the new things to make it easier for people to make use of it, to get better access to their data, to better understand it, uh, to generate better reports, all of it is uh, Ruby and Rails, and then um, using Ruby more and more on the backside to glue together different uh, processes and make things more efficient. I was excited to
0: see a few demos with Charles Nutter of the JRuby project. That looks pretty... uh, A lot of work is being done, and they're uh, making some good progress. Do you think that's... Did you see any of that? Is that going to make any influence and be able to glue Java and and Ruby together, or are you going to just try to do things more purely with Ruby?
1: It's kind of interesting. Uh, It's interesting what they're doing. For us, I see that it's not needed in the sense that you can just have uh, Java things doing its own thing. And basically just using Ruby as a communication back and forth. And so you're just wrapping your core elements with a more effective UI, more effective uh, interaction method. And so don't really, for us, see the need for the JRuby because you just separate them out with a protocol between them and you're done. There you go. Simpler. Good
0: stuff. Well, thanks. Pleasure. Fascinating conversation. And uh, where can people find
1: you on the web? Well, uh, itools.com, and that's E-Y-E-T-O-O-L-S.com. Everybody thinks it's the Macintosh tools, which is not. And then um, a lot of interesting heat maps and visualizations of a lot of different websites is up on blog.itools.net. So not .com, but itools.net. And um, blog.itools.net was a place for us to just share interesting tidbits that for the last... Six years have been pretty much just client privilege. We can never talk about stuff. So we started doing some of our own stuff, putting it out there on the web, so people can really see the interesting aspects of it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot. Pleasure.
0: And as a little bonus, check the podcast.rubyonrails.org website. I've written a new application there, which is also open source for publishing the podcast. I'm going to link to the Matt's keynote video and also a little sketch by Adam Keyes. It's quite humorous and creative. you hear a little bit of it right now, but for the full thing, go see the video, linked to from podcast.rubyonrails.org. Number one, what is it that interrupts
1: me from my blissful Ruby hacking? We received a stress call from a Pythonista ship. We can intercept it in just five minutes. Excellent. Perhaps billing out those smoke snake lovers will strengthen our white space agreeing to disagree core. <laughs> Mr. Crusher, set net, intercept course and engage. Mongrel factor nine. <laughs> but sir, Zed says we don't need nine Mongols. <laughs> Never mind, you twin. You're widely disliked by the